Hello and welcome to another episode of the Caring Support Podcast. My name is Kaylee and I'm here with a very special guest today. I'm here with Dr. Dan Wilhelmus, a chiropractor in Norfolk County. And we're going to talk to him today about what he does and why he loves to do his work. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to great to have you. I feel like we've been trying to schedule this one for a while, so it's nice to have you here. Thank you. Yes. So we'll start off by maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, again, I am a Dan Wilhelmus. I um, grew up in Norfolk County, um, married my high school sweetheart, and uh, the two of us live in, in uh, a rural Norfolk and uh, have a home-based practice uh, for myself and uh, my wife, who's a psychotherapist. So graduated in 1995 from the Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College in Toronto and um, uh, have been here ever since. That's amazing. You've actually stayed in the area that you grew up in. It's been fun. It's been fun because we, we have a lot of family connections uh, through both sides of the family. So it's been great to be back and, and contribute to our community in that way. That's amazing. What made you want to become a chiropractor? Uh, always wanted to be in healthcare and decided that uh, a natural approach was the way uh, I wanted to go. Um, and then decided from that point that chiropractic made the most amount of sense given, given um, the profession and how it works and, and how the body responds to natural uh, therapies. Uh, and it's just, it's been very, very rewarding ever since. How many years have you been in practice again? So this is going to be 28 years. 28 years. Have you always had your own practice? I, I have, yes. Awesome. Has there been anything along the way that, you know, had the potential to derail your career, but kind of maybe motivated you to keep going? Well, well yes. Um, uh, I've had some physical injuries uh, dating back to 1993 when I was uh, in second year of chiropractic college, and it necessitated the need for a hip replacement surgery at that time. Um, I've had multiple surgeries on the hip that have eventually ended up into uh, the amputation. And uh, so that, that potentially could derail a career. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> um, but uh, thankfully, um, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful that I've still got the opportunity to, to work. And I've, I've modified it, my hours so that I work a little less, uh, but I still get to see patients, which is the, the huge plus about the practices, being hands-on with people and becoming friend, friends with them and, and seeing them through the course of care as well. You mentioned like you you cut back on your practice hours to kind of make sure you're taking care of yourself. One of the things that a lot of healthcare workers, healthcare professionals struggle with is knowing how to take care of themselves. So what do you do in terms of self-care? So exercise is an important component for our, our business because the practice is very physical. So it's, it's important that we stay on top of our health um, to make sure that we can continue to help others. Uh, we want to be role models also in the place of, of healthcare, and it, it's just important to maintain a, a healthy regime with diet um, and exercise and taking the proper amount of time off. I think when we first got into practice, it was very easy just to work all the time because you thought, yeah, you have to be there for everybody all the time, and nobody expects you to be there all the time. So it was a mental switch that we had to get used to to make sure that we we took care of ourselves and as you say prevent that burnout from happening uh taking holidays on a regular basis and making sure that we were taking time for ourselves and our relationship with our family uh all of those have been really positive sides to making sure that 
I can be in practice as long as I want or as, as much as I can. So we're going to jump back and we're going to talk a little bit about your educational career. So your journey to becoming a chiropractor. So for those thinking of taking this road, what does the educational path look like? The current uh, requirements, and I could, be, I could be a little bit off on some of the things compared to when I came through, but the current trends are you need four years of university in a uh, science-orientated degree. could be kinesiology, could be anything so long as you get your science degree. Um, and then you apply for chiropractic college, and that's a four-year program on top of that. Um, the education for chiropractic and medicine is very similar for the first two years. And then we focus on the spine and the musculos neuromusculoskeletal system um, versus medicine, which works on uh, a whole host of other, other things as well. But we focus primarily on making sure that the body moves better. So we have a lot of hands-on and uh, technique is a big component of our, our class structure. So we want to make sure that when we graduate, we are fully confident in delivering the adjustments that we need to and making sure that we, we have the experience to, uh, to jump right into practice. That's amazing. And about how many years does it take? So from high school uh, on, it's a minimum of eight years now. Wow. That's a lot of schooling. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> um, but it's, it's very... like. The amount of material that we have to know is, again, back to making sure that we don't make errors and omissions. Uh, so we need to know the full scale of all the conditions that the body might go through. Where we might not be treating it, we might need to refer them out, patients out to the appropriate healthcare practitioner. So sending them back to the family doctor if the problem becomes something that isn't in our scope of practice. Uh, it's a very, it's a great... Um, it's a great practice, but there's a lot of, because we are doctors, we diagnose and because we diagnose, we need to make sure that we diagnose properly. And, and if we don't have the right information, we send patients out for the appropriate investigations. Did you have uh, maybe a favorite and a least favorite part of school when you were doing your education? Uh, that's a really good question. Um, I don't think I don't think there was any particular favor. I love technique. That was something that I really enjoyed because that's getting your hands on to patients and which were our, our colleagues in class. Um, as for the, uh, as for the least favorite, uh, I don't, I don't think there's one particular one uh, that would stand out to me as least favorite, maybe jurisprudence, but, <laughs> but, uh, but no, they were all, all, all the education that we received was extremely well put together uh, at the school in Toronto. And Toronto is the only, is one of two uh, colleges in uh, Canada right now. Um, and at the time it was the only college in Canada, but there is a French speaking college in Quebec now. So it is the only English speaking college in, in Canada. So it is, it, it, they do a very good job at preparing you for the real world. And uh, jurisprudence, is, as much as uh, I, I'll joke about it, 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 uh, it was a good class that got me prepared for s several challenges that showed up in the, in, in the first few years of practice. So over the eight years of your education, what kept you motivated to keep going? Because like, I know like, I would probably hit like year three and be like, I don't know, this, <laughs> this is a lot. Professional school is, is interesting because the information at university seems a little arbitrary at times and not all of it is 
applicable to what you're going to be doing in, in life. So my, my degree was uh, honors in biology and I didn't, uh, there was a lot of plant biology that I had to take that I didn't think was going to help me in my future <laughs> profession. But the chiropractic, the beauty of uh, getting into professional school is that now you're learning uh, things that you're going to be using. And I think that that keeps uh, us motivated. Um, but the other part of it is that it's a very intensive program. So you really don't have time to think about it in a way that you, there's no luxury of, of uh, taking a break. It's <laughs> grueling. It's tough. There's a lot of courses. There's a lot of exams every, every half year. So you just have to keep at it. And uh, I think most of us at that point are, are very focused on just getting through to the end and, and, and again, doing the best we can scholastically, but also managing, um, you know, I, I happened to get married after second year when I was in the chiropractic college. So my wife and I, you know, we were, uh, we were living in Toronto at that time. And, and so school was important for us to get through. Um, but there is a balance of life, and, and but you have to you have to manage your schedule fairly, fairly closely. And uh, but here I am with the <laughs> so so it worked out fine. Yeah, yeah. You kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit at the end. But do you have any words of wisdom for people that are looking at pursuing this educational career path? It, it, it's it's a great profession. I think the beauty of the profession is that the body's an incredible structure and is full of potential. And there are lots of things that can decrease the opportunity for us reaching our potential. And what we do each and every day in the practice is tweak, fine tune the neuromusculoskeletal system, um, get the body working better on its own. There's, there's a time and place for medicine and surgery. All those things are important parts of healthcare. Uh, but this is a fun side of it that we can help a body get better without cutting them open or doing, doing, uh, having medication prescribed. So words of wisdom would be enjoy the process of learning and enjoy the, the successes that come to you in practice. It's a very, very rewarding profession in watching patients get better and being able to see them after the adjustment be able to bend over and touch their toes whereas before they couldn't even bend so things like that um call them minor miracles if you want but it's there's an amazing amazing ability for the body uh, to heal and it wants to be well so despite what we can do to it to make it unwell it still <laughs> wants to be well so it's um it's a very fun time a very fun profession very fun to get to know patients and I think that's another part of the reward is to, to, meet, to meet different people, to come to understand what, what challenges they have in their life, how you can find a way to offer suggestions about exercise or nutritional information or adjunctive therapies like orthotics and things that can help them get better in a way that they never thought could be. So there's a huge reward for the person who practices in these professions like chiropractic and medicine and optometry and physiotherapy and massage. They're all great professions that give the ability to provide, make a difference in a life. So, Well, I can definitely um, attest to that because you treat our entire family, sometimes one after the other. Um, and I remember the first time I met you, I just had David 
Right. And I had really big issues with my hips and like you saved my life because there's nothing worse than sitting down to breastfeed a baby and you can't sit because it hurts. And I remember bringing David to you as well because he was so cranky at night and you, um, you helped him with that problem. And it was something that like, I didn't make that connection, right? Like, I mean, as a mom, you're just like, well, maybe he's sick or maybe, you know, all these kinds of things. And I mentioned it to you and then I brought David in and it was like, it was night and day, right? And I mean, I guess you got to think of it, like they go through a lot when they're being born. Yes, they do. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes, they so it do. only makes sense that there might be some stuff that needs to be, you know, put back where it's supposed to be. Minor corrections and yet they, uh, infants especially, they, they have no, their bodies are just waiting to ex express themselves fully and, and going through the, th through the birthing process, especially a natural childbirth, you, uh, the body takes a considerable amount of stress. And sometimes it's just minor tweaks that need to be made to help a baby get, feel less um, colicky, all those, there's lots of, there's lots of situations in which babies could be adjusted. And, and the adjustment certainly doesn't look the same as it does for an adult. So no. just like to prepare, <laughs> like to say that just to make sure people don't uh, take this as, oh my goodness, I know what my chiropractor does to me. That's no, it's much different for children and, and, and babies for sure. But it's, uh, it again, very rewarding, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it makes a difference in life. It can take the stress out of a family unit yeah. just because people are getting sleep instead of uh, being up at all hours. So. It, it, it's fun. It's really fun. Babies are very fun. Yes. And, and yeah. I, I, I enjoy seeing them because it's been a long time since my kids were babies. So it's, uh, <laughs> it keeps me, it keeps me uh, happy that way. Yeah. You helped, uh, you helped Olivia with growing pains once. And I, I, I still feel like I need to thank you a million times <laughs> for that because like, I mean, you just don't think that growing pains could be something that you can help them with aside from giving them Tylenol. And I remember she was like not sleeping and brought her in and like she giggled during her treatment. So like, it's really not like an adult, you know, like you see all these things and you're just like, okay, that looks scary. And it's really not that scary. Like no. it's really not that scary. No. But it's... yeah, like the kids, both of them giggle, right? And <laughs> yes. you've got them laughing and carrying on. So like it's, the, the treatment is entirely different, but so worth it. Yeah, no, and, and giggling is good with kids. A lot of times there's initial reservation because they're a little bit suspicious as to who this person is in front of them that's <laughs> going to be touching them in like and probing their back but uh, once they get used to it usually they respond very well and they usually they lay down and relax very well some don't and th those are those are ones we have to work with parents through <laughs> and maybe get them to hold them while we do our treatments but it's um, again part of the fun of practice is just working through those little little issues and trying to s solve a problem that uh, that's been presented before you. So that's great. I'm glad. And again, it's, it's always a, a pleasure to see patients and hear about the successes. And we forget all of the little ones. Um, and I think that's part of, part of my words of uh, wisdom to any new chiropractors. Don't minimize what you do for patients. And it's so easy to do because we see this as normal and we just expect people to get better, but we forget the difference it makes in the individuals that come into us. Uh, and, and I think that it's fair enough. It's uh, it, because it's commonplace for us. I guess we have to keep reminding ourselves that this is a big deal for this person in front of us who is coming in with unique circumstances and unique challenges for themselves or for a family member. 
and doing the treatments are, um, are, are, you know, for many people, it's life giving and that's uh, super awesome. So what does a day in the life of a chiropractor look like? How many patients run through here? What's, what's it look like? So number of patients is different for every clinic. Um, so many clinics are set up uh, and structured in more of a rehab fashion versus a family-based clinic, um, different, um, different modalities that people will use. And what I mean by that is they may have, they might use like physiotherapy uses ultrasound and interferential current. They might use a lot more soft tissue, uh, laser. All of these are uh, things that can happen in the, in the practice. So all of those extra modalities add on time per visit. So, so patient or chiropractors that are using those particular modalities might just uh, have a different type of flow than somebody who is strictly hands-based, uh, predominantly working just with the back and, and working on getting things moving better. And it's neither approach is, is, is better or, or worse. It, they're just different approaches. And well, it's another benefit of chiropractic is that the scope of practice is so dynamic. Uh, you could have people just doing concussion protocol versus people who are doing just adjusting family-based chiropractic and, and anything in between. And so, so to say how many patients come through, uh, it varies so much between doctor to doctor. And so it wouldn't be right to give you a number. Um, what I would say is that most of us know at some point in our practice what the right amount of patient volume is for us to stay on top of the flow and make sure that people aren't waiting too long to get into an appointment. And yeah, we, we try to manage that. Um, COVID has certainly been an interesting uh, change for many of the practices because what has happened in COVID uh, prevented us from having too many people in the office at one time. So we became very structured with our, our clinic times and, and we've maintained that now. And it's, it's a very, very easy flow of the afternoon. Like I'll be working this afternoon and I won't have a break from 1.30 till 6. It'll be steady with patients the whole time. And, and, and that's great. That's, we capitalize on the number of hours for us. And, um, and because I am working a bit more part-time than I was um, before the amputation, I, I have less room and capacity for patients. So so we have a different type of structure and maybe a little bit more to that earlier point of what do we do to stay well and healthy? You manage the patient numbers so that you don't come out of here sore. That's a big one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like you don't need to be turning around and going and having to. <laughs> I, I, yes. As much as I love getting adjusted, I, I'd rather do it out of prevention versus necessity. So yes. these, are, these are just good distinctions to make early on in career. Yeah, so that's actually a good lead way into the next question here. Uh, healthcare workers have a more difficult time or like they make the worst patients, a lot of people say, right? But they do have a difficult time taking care of themselves when they're on the job. Do you have anything that you would recommend to healthcare workers to help more in that prevention side of things? Well, I think it, it's very easy to take on the responsibility of people getting better. And I think that that was a major shift early on in my career in which I, I was made aware, we, we went to a seminar about patient management and trying to understand that you, you, you can't parent the patient. 
And I think that um, burnout and frustration in practice comes when you want a person to get well more than they do. And that may sound very strange because we all think that people are here because they want to get well. But in reality, people have many reasons why they can't follow through with exercise programs or nutrition changes or getting better sleep or all of these other issues that might be impeding their, their wellness. And so, um, you know, coming back to your question for us personally, we still have to manage that our expectations for care can't be greater than the person in front of us. And that frustration, once that's gone, then you, you've got the freedom to come in and practice and do your thing and manage, manage your own frustrations so that you don't go through that burnout. You don't go through that anxiety of a person not getting better fast enough. And it's, in, in many situations, it's not the clinician's fault. It's the person that they're seeing that is just not doing what's best for them on other levels that's, that might be impacting the success of the therapy. So, uh, so that's something. I think the other part of it is that mental wellness is such an important part in all of our lives. And uh, now, now being married to a psychotherapist, I, I'll, I'll put a kick in for that profession uh, and counseling because I think that it's good to have an outlet. It's good to have a third party able to talk to in order to deal with some of the stresses and frustrations that come with all types of professions, but specifically healthcare. So don't negate the import of getting your own mental wellness uh, looked after if things are starting to go a little bit uh, uh, challenged. Uh, so that so that would be another scenario. So it's great to maintain a physical wellness, but the, the mental wellness is just as important. And, and seeing patients takes a lot out of you mentally. Um, and many times it's very giving to you as well, because we have a great time in the practice. We laugh and we joke and it's a very relaxed atmosphere. So for me, I think we've come to a really nice balance. But in the initial uh, years of practice, you take on a lot of stress that you don't need to. And then that factors into your own wellness very, very much. Well, we are coming to the end of our episode today. So is there anything else that you would like to share with us? Uh, it, it's great. It's great to have these opportunities to, you know, give a, a, a talk out. Uh, about the profession. Um, very excited to still be practicing given, given my life circumstances. Um, so I, I'm just uh, extremely grateful you, you reached out and, and, and asked. And, um, and again, certainly the family connection is, is, is there and that's, uh, it's awesome to see your kids um, when they come in. And I just, um, for people who are thinking about the profession, it's I would encourage you to go visit a chiropractor, not necessarily for the sake of getting an adjustment, although that would, that would be uh, useful for you understanding better about what gets done, but shadow a chiropractor. Many of us are open to the idea of having people come in and walk around with them when they do their adjustments, um, you know, patient willing to have that there, have an extra person there. But it's usually, um, it's usually very informative for a person who's looking down the road of getting involved in a, in a, in a professional way. So just go scout out and talk to the people that are in the profession and, and been doing it for a long time and 
take a charge out of that, get a, get a feel for what that looks like. Um, so and we've, we've had many uh, people do that with us here um, and some have even gone on to become chiropractors. So, so that's cool. Well, thank you very much for taking time out of your busy schedule to My join pleasure. us on the podcast today. It's been really, really great. And um, yeah, we'll be keeping in touch. Thanks, Kaylee. Yes, great to thank have you. you.